You're listening to the Her Business Beat podcast, where real women share how purpose drives profits and how life harmony can exist with your hustle. I'm Geneva Moresma, the founder of Hearts and Heels, a networking group for women where we work together for flourishing businesses and come together through enriching education and joyful relationships. Whether you're a part-time business owner or a fast-scaling entrepreneur who is also a conscientious leader, you can create soul-led success by fueling your greatest ambitions with pure heart. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of cab, pop in your AirPods, and get ready to check your purpose pulse to create work that matters and the success you desire. Welcome to Her Business Beat. Today, I'm super excited to be sitting with my friend and brand photographer, Jenna Shriver. She is a Maryland, Florida brand photographer and business mentor, and she's joining us up today on the podcast to talk about the three main components of a brand. So thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Geneva. I'm so excited to be here with you and your amazing audience. Yes. No, this is great. We were talking right before we got on about how as we're rolling into the summertime, some of us kind of hit a little slump or slow season, and that this is really the perfect time to take mid-year assessment of your brand, your goals, and kind of boil down to what's really important, what matters, and maybe hit the reset button that just because a goal that we set back in January hasn't come to fruition, we still have half a year to get there. And so I think this is a wonderful topic we're going to explore today to help people kind of get back on track with some things and maybe actually uncover some some pieces of their brand that are keeping them stuck and, and not moving forward. Let's dive in. So wanted to chat with you because I know this is kind of like one of those words that people have a million definitions over. But from your perspective as a brand photographer, business mentor, what would you say, Jenna, is your definition of a brand? I love to define a brand as a story wrapped in personality. And what I mean by that is that a brand is made up of unseen tangible and visible elements that communicate its story and personality. So you get to invite people into your brand and your brand story to be able to share with them, how are you going to meet their needs, find a solution for them, help them overcome what they need to overcome. And that a successful brand really does tell, it tells a story and it showcases your personality. I love that. I love that. That's really, I love the wrapping (laughs) visual, you know, just thinking about how you're taking a story and wrapping that up with your personality to stand out. Super. So as people are working on their brand goals and moving forward with whatever they're trying to accomplish for this year, what do you, where do you find that people are often missing the mark with their brand? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people start from the place of looking at the tangible and the visible components of their brand and they either forget about or they don't recognize the importance of the foundational, which is the unseen components of their brand and how everything else, the tangible and the visible is just an, it's an overflow. It's an outflow of the unseen components of their brand. That's like the strong foundation. And if you don't start from that place, then there tends to be wavering and being drawn into what you see, like other visible components of other people's brands that you see you like and you tend to sway or gravitate towards those things instead of it being solidly founded on your unseen components of your brand. I love that. And we're going to define these things, but I can totally resonate as a copywriter. I often get people 
who tell me like, hey, I really love how this website's written. I love what this person's tagline is or what their headlines look like. And it's they may have great stuff, but if it doesn't align with them and what like you're calling the unseen, and we'll dive into this more, but the pieces of their brand that are really at the core, it's like the pieces of the soul of their brand. It's going to sound, it's always going to sound or look like someone else. Like it's never Mm -hmm. going to be true. And I think that our audiences are so keen and so perceptive and that when they feel something that just doesn't feel aligned to them, it can really have a big impact on the attraction for them to our brands. So let's go right into what these three components are. You just mentioned unseen. So let's talk through that one first. What would be the unseen component of our brand? Yeah. So you're talking about your mission and your vision your core values, your ideal clients or customers, and your brand personality. That's really what I define as the unseen and the foundational components of your brand. Absolutely. And for people listening, I think sometimes we tend to breeze past through these things, right? It's like with the mission and the vision, or maybe we sometimes think of those as more attributable to like a nonprofit organization or something, but really all of us in business for profit or nonprofit need to, to have an established mission vision. I I look at it as kind of like your, your North star. It's just where you always go back to, to make sure that who you're serving and how you're serving aligns with who you really are. Yeah. And with that ICA, our, our ideal client avatar Let's speak a little bit more to that. How do you feel? We hear so much about niching down, niching down. Can you share a little bit about that from your perspective as a photographer for brands about the importance of defining that ICA? Yeah, for me, whenever I've really discovered the way that I define it nowadays, I felt like it gave me so much freedom. Like I wasn't boxed into maybe what the industry had been teaching me was defining a a niche or a niche. and. I just I found I found so much joy in it whenever I defined it for myself but yet I did I did carve out an, a niche for myself. So mm-hmm. what what I mean by this is I believe that you get to define who your ICA is and you don't have to necessarily just follow the pattern of what your industry does or is teaching. So mm-hmm. I started in weddings and family photography. And when I, in that period of time, the education in that industry was that the niches essentially were weddings, families, mm-hmm. newborns, maternity, you know, like those types of things. Like that's what your niche was. And essentially it was the, the type of work that you were doing or, you know, and kind of a group of people that you were serving too. But what I found for myself was, I didn't necessarily fit in those boxes. Um, Mm -hmm. I found that I, at that time, I really enjoyed working with people in a certain geographic region that Mm -hmm. were either in the process of getting married or they had a family. And in that, I kind of carved out my own niche. Now, my story goes further than that because I transitioned away from that and into brand photography. But for for me, even now in brand photography, I kind of define my niche as business and brand builders, creatives, those who are passionate about building and communicating their personal brand. Now, uh, uh, somebody else who's a brand photographer, their ICA could sound much different than mine. They could be more corporate or they could 
only want to work with people in California or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you get to really define that for yourself. And I feel like that gives so much freedom for you to be you and me to be me. And there can be overlapping, but there can also be a very distinguishing factor. Absolutely. And I think that also with going into these unseen pieces, when we discover our own core values, I think sometimes we tend to look at ideal client avatars like a demographic, and it doesn't always have to be like a demographic of people. When we define those those core values, often it's finding populations of people, whether they're for myself, my my two spaces of people I work with are creatives for the most part, women in small business and corporate. And that's like very, very different. But I work with brands that have very similar core values to my own. And so you're right. There's a ton of freedom in knowing who to say yes to and who to say no to, who to market towards and who to leave alone and let that be for somebody else. And that I don't, I don't have to try to align with that. Like it's, it's okay. (laughs) So I think these pieces are really critical, not just to positioning ourselves for those visible components we'll get into intangibles, but also positioning ourselves to know who that ideal client avatar is. And maybe it is outside of a demographic or specific lifestyle to the core values that are the same as ours. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit more about core values for a minute? Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Because I think that there's two really important things. One is knowing your own personal core values and what plays into business and what might not, because some Mm -hmm. don't always play into business, but also recognizing that you really need to have core values for your brand and your business too, whether they're the same as your personal ones or they're different. And I I always try to teach people that whenever you're deciding on what your core values are for your business and brand, that you're you're considering and intentionally creating the culture that you want to create in your business and brand. So whenever people are considering working with you or collaborating or partnering or whatever, that you have established a certain culture with these core values. They can know what to expect from you and your business through your core values. I think that's so important uh, because a lot of people listening, if you're working as a solopreneur, you maybe just have people that 1099 on with you. Let's say you don't have your own employees, which a lot of us don't anymore. There's other ways to do things now with virtual collaboration. So sometimes I think we forget about things like work culture and we kind of attribute those things to just corporate or people who have offices and people that work directly for them. But that's a great point, Jenna, is that establishing those core values helps you attract the right collaboration partners to you so that you are serving a client the same way and um, producing the best product for the people that you love to serve. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. This, oh, this you're is welcome. like good stuff. I love all this stuff. Like we could go into this stuff all day long. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But let's touch on vision really quick. So as people are developing a vision, what are things that you would ask them to consider? Sure. So I know that this, the whole message of like mission and vision can get a little like muddy sometimes. I don't think that it's a terrible thing to get them a little mixed up or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But I can I define vision 
as a description of what your ideal client's life and world will look like because of working with you. So this, this it's painting a picture of the solution that you carry for them, how you're going to improve or simplify their life in, in some way. So for me, being able to cast that vision is really important because it's, it's inviting them into, well, why, why even work with me? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like how, how am I going to help them? And we're giving yeah. them a picture of the destination that we're going to when I right. work together. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I think mission and vision can get clouded, but yes, most importantly, yes, with vision is just, I always tell my clients very similarly to how you define it is in the perfect world. If you and your service do what it's supposed to do for this person, right? What's the transformation? How would you transform this person's life? And then the mission is more of kind of the nitty gritty, like, how are you going to do it? What are the the action pieces? Of that, you know, so it's not important that we all get hung up on this people on, you know, writing a perfect, we have to get out of perfection, a perfect yeah. mission and vision, but it's just getting to that place where you're considering these things at a very deep level and making sure that everything else resonates from these big pieces of your brand, the unseen. This is all mm-hmm. the stuff that's under the ground. It's like a tree and the roots I think of, you know, it's yeah. like if there were no root systems, all the trees would fall over. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a great picture. I love looking at it like building a house too. Like yes. this is your foundation. Once you build everything else on it, you really aren't going to see these things, but yeah. they're critical for the building to be able to withstand anything that comes at it. So yeah. you have to have uh, these foundational components. <laughs> like like a pandemic or yeah, you know, exactly. all these things, right? And I was just um, chatting with someone this morning and he and his wife have a um, local bakery here in Tampa that's like done some amazing things. They're actually about to franchise. And uh, so we were just talking about like pandemic stuff of a few years ago. And he and I were talking about this very same topic of just how important it was to be really grounded and rooted in your processes and in your brand, because we have to remember, we hope, we hope we never experience anything like 2020, like ever again in our lifetimes. But if it's not a pandemic, it's going to be something else. Like it's just inevitable in the cycle of our economy, our world is there will be something else. And so it's just getting yourself grounded and foundation to withstand that because we work so hard for our businesses. I don't want anything to just like blow mine away, you know, virus (laughs) economy. And so I think the more we can resonate in these deep places, these are the, this is what makes a a brand that can withstand the storms of life. So awesome. So let's move into the tangibles. We've talked about unseen, and then you had mentioned the tangible pieces of our brand. So what does that comprise? Sure. So this is like, this is the touch points. This is your services or your products and your client or customer experience. Tangible stuff. Yeah. So the customer experience, this is kind of a hot buzzword right now. You hear on a lot of different podcasts, we talk about customer experience. What are pieces of that that you feel people need to really give great attention to? And at this point in time that we're in right now, what do people care about? Oh, that's such a great question. I feel like what's really important is to consider the people that you are uniquely serving and what they need and what is what is going to serve them best. So for me personally, it's been kind of an evolution, you know, like I've learned what works and doesn't work or what they would want over another process. But the the goal is always to move in the direction of, of creating the best customer experience possible. 
And so for me, I've tried to simplify my processes as much as possible, create things as streamlined as possible, like questionnaires or things that can minimize the number of times that I need to reach out and email them about things, or even the way that I've formulated my packages I've shifted Mm -hmm. so that it's just all inclusive essentially. So that there's less of like, decision fatigue on the back end for people. Yes. Um, so, so that's been a big shift for me is trying to, and, and we might, I might touch on a whole other subject here by talking about this, but, (laughs) but for me, it's been a mindset shift of, of having to break out of kind of like a poverty mindset and into an abundant mindset. And, and that has really shifted the way that I've positioned and packaged my own services mm-hmm. by believing that, you know, if I price myself a little bit higher, that people are still are still going to book with me. And my service and experience that I give them is, is high and above what I'm even charging. Yes. So for me, I, I kind of packaged things less than earlier on because I was just not certain that people valued it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But it ended up making the process more, more of a cumbersome, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great points. I think that we obviously, we all want to make as much as we can make in our respective industries for who we, we serve. And we have to stay mindful, like what's industry standard, right? Or what's geographically standard, because it, it does matter whether you live in Tampa, Florida, up in Maryland, or you're out somewhere in California, New York City, right? But I do think that when we put a price tag, a premium price tag on something that it is really important that the customer experience matches, it has to to match that value the whole way through. You could be stellar at whatever you do and deliver a phenomenal end product. But I think for the client, you're right. If it's too cumbersome, if the process is too complicated, if they don't feel informed along the way unfortunately, they're not going to refer after that. They might receive a great whatever. And then they're kind of like, wow, that was a lot. And they would have actually paid more money to not do that. So money, the price tag is one thing, but the experience is quite something else. I myself have paid more money for something before just because I felt I was going to get a better experience in the end. So it's not always just about bottom line dollar. So such an important way to build the value to say, you know, I'm worth the price tag. I'm worth whatever I'm asking people to pay. They're going to get something that's above and beyond that. That's great. How about services? I, I myself always tell people to, I'm just curious, you know, your, your um, feelings on this, Jenna, Mm -hmm. I always tell people, especially starting out to focus on just a few services not to try to serve so many things. And as they get really strong and grounded and referred for those things, then to worry about building out, what's your take on just the amount of services a company or a small business person should be offering at one time or marketing at one time? Yeah, I I believe I'm in agreement with you. I've heard you speak about this on a previous podcast and I was Mm -hmm. nodding my head the whole time. I'm like, Yes, absolutely. I feel like, especially if we're speaking to a solopreneur or somebody who just contracts with people for a little bit of support, you should not spread yourself too thin. Like it, it will show in the quality of your work that you're able to provide if you are spreading yourself too thin. And I think that Geneva and I, we both come from a standpoint of 
we want to help you build your business and brand in a such a way that you are known for what you are best at and even what you might feel you're called to do yes. versus trying to be everything to everyone. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, sometimes I think we, we can make the mistake of thinking, well, I'll just add this on and I'll add this on and this will somehow expand my income. But you're absolutely right is by spreading too thin, you're not able to go deep into anything. And then you start hitting, then you start butting up against that mission and vision, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, am I serving according to the, the unseen of my brand or am I just, and I I love the mindset thing that you brought up and opened up into this conversation, or am I just like freaking out right now because I'm in a low season. And so I'm just going to expand and offer all these things because I'm in this mindset of like, I don't have enough or maybe that's not going to come. And then I just kind of clutter my services and offerings and make my marketing really muddy. And, you know, so Thank you for touching on that because I do think that that's a great place for all of us to revisit as we go into the summer months. It's just making sure that our services are aligned with mission and vision and also just looking at the data of what, what services are actually pulling in the most income and which things did you throw out? Maybe it was a, it seemed like a good idea, but actually the numbers aren't supporting that it's a great idea. It's just not serving the market that's drawn to you. And maybe it's taking those things off the table, mm-hmm. <laughs> focusing deeper So let's talk about the last one, which I obviously it's the one that's the most fun maybe to to look at because it's what we look at, right? The visible. So we've talked about all these things that are kind of under the surface of the brand. And where do you, what do you classify in the visible component of our brand? Sure. And I really classify this as like your colors and fonts and logo and website, your photography and video, your graphics, your copywriting, (laughs) and even like your sound and music. It's it's really what you can experience with your uh, five senses in a Mm. brand. See, you know, smell, hear, those types of things. And they, you know, whenever it is all aligned, they're, they're going to be a really beautiful outflow of everything else we've already talked about. And I think that, you know, having those unseen components in place and being clear on those, it helps you to not get caught up in like comparison or Mm -hmm. into being drawn into something else that's pretty or sparkly and shiny that, you know, you love the way it looks, but is it really in alignment with your unseen components of your brand and who you're serving? Is it going to draw them in? Is it going to resonate with them? Is it going to serve them? And if it's not, then it's just, just appreciate it. <laughs> just say, oh, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> Maybe I want to decorate my house like that, but it doesn't yeah. mean that your brand is supposed to be that. <laughs> that's true, right? We can still like those things, then work them into something else. But mm-hmm. uh, so true, so true. And before we got on to record, Jenna and I were talking a little deeper about this. And so I'll bring up some of this conversation, but we we both her as a brand photographer myself as a brand copywriter see where people kind of want to start with the end which is the visible and forget the beginning stuff because right they're like captivated by oh i saw this logo somebody had or i saw this tagline or these photos that somebody did and they were amazing and i want to do something very similar just like this mm-hmm. and it's great it's great to find inspiration you know i always tell people that i work with we ask often, and I'm sure you do too, Jenna, if people have 
visuals that they've seen that they like, or is there something for me, I'll ask them have, you know, is there something, a website that you like, and you like the way it's written, not because I'm trying to duplicate that, but because I'm trying to find where their inspiration is coming from. But inspiration is one thing, but we never want to be imitating something because we haven't figured out our own identity yet. And, um, and I think that unfortunately that does happen quite a bit and people often wonder like why they're not standing out. And it's because it's like the more times you photocopy something like the more unclear it gets. Right. And I feel like sometimes brands are sort of doing that. They're sort of trying to superimpose themselves on a brand that somebody else established. And it's, it is scary to kind of figure out your own lane. And it, it takes time. It takes patience. And I think sometimes we're trying to launch something. We want to, you know, launch our rebrand and launch our this and that and put something new and shiny out. But if it's not coming from that place of the the deeper homework, it, it could just be a pretty shiny, sparkly thing. And it might not take you any further than the last one did. So yeah, I, I appreciate that you talked a lot today on those really important unseen components of brand. When people come to you for photography, what what's important as a brand photographer to let shine through that photography for you? Yeah, for me, I love I love starting at the strategy place where I'm gathering all this information that we've just talked about today about my client and discovering what their mission and vision is, what their values are and who they're serving and and elements of their personality that they really want to have shine through. And then, and then also the process of what they either, how they serve or what they make if they do a product and to be able to tell that story through the photography and video. So for me, starting from this, the place of strategy, it really helps me to be able to create the right type of photography and video for them so that uh-huh. it's it's in alignment and it's going to actually resonate with their people. And, and for, for me, I, I have my own kind of photography style as all mm-hmm. photographers do, but I actually kind of shift and adjust per what the brand's visuals are. Mm-hmm. Because what I do that that's what I should be doing as a brand photographer is is being able to tell the story correctly visually for them. Mm-hmm. So so for me I don't take a prideful stance of like well this is my style and y- this is what you get and I don't shift at all. It's like <laughs> no I'm you know I'm willing to change up how I edit photos or even how I take them in a way mm-hmm. in order to be authentic for the brand cuz my job is to help sell their brand. And Absolutely. So that that's kind of the approach that I take. Yeah, love that. And I'm actually going to be shooting with Jenna at the beginning of June, and I'm really excited for um, my rebrand that I'm I'm working on at present. And every time I do this, every time I kind of revisit my brand, I feel like I dive way deeper into those unseen components than I did the time before. And just from a very logistical perspective, if you're going to make the investment into photography, web design, copywriting, all these pieces of your brand, do it well. And I think like a sound investment comes from sound decision making, which comes from spending time with your identity as a brand. 
And then you're not going to go wrong. You know, you're going to have the confidence that what comes out of that is going to well reflect because I have been, I will admit, like I, (laughs) like two websites ago and a few photography sessions ago, the photos were fine. The website was all right. But it, none of it fit me well. Like it felt like like I was wearing somebody else's clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I didn't I didn't market my website well. I I, did, I wasn't like proud to show it off and put it out there. And I didn't really know why. Except later, I realized I'm like, you know what? It's not aligned to me. Like it was. This was great. These were great photos. This was a good enough design. But all of it didn't add up to anything for me because I hadn't really defined out ahead of the game what I wanted it, what what the story was to tell and who it needed to sit with. So don't make that mistake, people. <laughs> we earned, we earn, you know, we work hard for what we earned and putting back into our brand, you know. So it, it's behooving to you to do the homework and actually make sure that you know who you are and who you serve before you start putting more money back into your brand. Yes. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love what you said with the visible as far as thinking of the five senses, you know, how does it really hit people when they are thinking about your brand from all the senses to, to kind of pull in your story? I know, Jenna, you will be in Tampa uh, for any people here in Tampa for a headshot event. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? And if somebody in the local area here, local to me, wants to engage with you for that, what they can do or how they can access you. Sure. I'm so excited to be back in town. I come to Tampa a few times a year and this I'm doing my first first ever. I think this is my first ever headshot minis event in the Tampa area. It's going to be in downtown Plant City and we have a studio that we're able to use and they they are on Friday, June 2nd, I believe is the correct date. Yeah. <laughs> Between yeah. the time slots of 4 and 5 p.m. And okay. you can get all that information by emailing me at hello at jennashriver.com or use the contact form on my website at jennashriver.com. And I will send you the link that has all the information about what those headshot minis are, what the investment price is, and the experience. Excellent. And we'll be sure to put your contact information in the show notes and in the post so people can get to that. And if they are in the Maryland market or on the Florida market, what is your website if they just want to go on there and check out your work? Sure. So my website is jennashriver.com and I'm pretty active on Instagram as well. And that's just at jennashriver. So I do brand photography and business mentoring. And if you feel like you would like any additional support in your brand itself. I do brand consultations and would be happy to be able to partner with you to help you find clarity in that area. Excellent. That's something you can do for anybody across the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's wonderful. Thank you so very much for being on here with me today and helping us kind of dive a little bit deeper into brand and understanding those very integral components of building a successful brand. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Geneva. It was just a joy. 
Yes. And I will, I get to be, to be one of the privileged ones to see her next month, but I do encourage all of you to just hop on her website, go onto her Instagram, uh, connect with her there. And I know as a person who's not highly visual in my thinking, because I'm a writer, I love seeing your feed and feeds of other brand photographers. It makes my, uh, my visual brain start kicking into gear and start thinking about ways that I can promote my own brand. So thank you for inspiring me. Oh, but thank you. Um, so hop on her website, check out her IG. And thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Geneva. Thanks for tuning in to Her Business Beat. I hope you found some sunshine for your business journey or heard something that made your purpose pulse beat faster. Please hit subscribe, write us a review and share this episode with a friend. Tune back in for new episodes soon.